Are you a 3PL spending more time and money than you'd like recruiting and onboarding logistics roles? Then it's time to check out Rapido Solutions Group, the leaders in nearshore logistics staffing. Located right next door in Mexico, they have access to the freight talent you need. From carrier sales to tracking and tracing and everything in between, they can do the heavy lifting for you. So if you're ready to get your time back and want to move fast, check out Rapido Solutions Group. Visit GoRapido.com to get started today. Hello and welcome to the Bootstrapper's Guide to Logistics, the FreightWaves podcast highlighting founders doing it the way that doesn't get a lot of attention. We're here to change that and grow the small business community in our industry by sharing their stories and inspiring others to take the leap. I'm your host, Nate Schutz. Let's build something together from the ground up. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I am excited to introduce my guest this week after a phenomenal episode last week with John Conrad, who I've officially decided is the most interesting man in logistics. That's his his new moniker. And I'm going to just tell everybody and make sure that that sticks. So John, if you're out there, that's your new title. I hope you like it. Um, this week, I am really excited to introduce my new friend, uh, Peter Miner, to the show. Peter is the founder and CEO of ColoadX, which is an online marketplace for freight uh, doing instant search booking and real-time data tracking. Peter, good afternoon. How are you today? Peachy. Wonderful. Hey, happy Friday. It's Friday afternoon and about to head into the weekend. This is always the highlight of my week, getting to hear stories and, and meet folks like you. So Peter, can you start maybe by just telling us a little bit about what ColoadX does? Sure. So we are an online marketplace for freight. So a pretty simple, straightforward, buy, sell, two-sided marketplace, buyers on one side, sellers on the other. And you can tell you the long story about how I got here, but I've been a longtime believer in the, the virtues of logistics providers, freight forwarders, and the OCCs, trucking companies. I just for a long time been really passionate about their world and digitizing their world and so the marketplace is just a way for somebody who wants to ship something to find somebody who wants to, who has the capacity to be able to provide that shipment. And we began with ocean shipping because 90% of the world's good ship by ocean. So it's a good place to start. And then just, I'm also all about bringing buyers and sellers together. I'm a real connector kind of person. So I'm really loving this. Someone needs something and putting them to somebody that's got something is really a real essence of what Colodex is all about. What's interesting too, as a kind of a connector, you have, you know, the East Coast and the West Coast, you know, kind of merged together in your DNA. How did that come to be? I never in my wildest dreams would have thought that I would ever stay in New York with my company and me. So let's see, long time Midwest. I was born in the Midwest and I went to school at the University of Illinois and got a job in California working for Hewlett Packard. So spent my whole career basically in tech world. I mean, all my neighbors are Apple and Google and Pinterest and Zoom people, you know. <laughs> and then I've always been in supply chain logistics as an engineer. So it's just always the jobs that I've had. Decided we were going to start this company, Colodex, which is a freight marketplace. And my partner was somebody who was based in New York. And we applied to an accelerator in New York called Entrepreneur's Roundtable Accelerator. And <laughs> sure enough, we got in. <laughs> So, and that's a, it was a, like a three month program in Manhattan. So I like, oh, I can do that. So I got a little studio apartment in Manhattan, Upper West Side for three months and 
went through the accelerator. It was a great accelerator. It was really, really a super experience. It was just what we needed. And then ended up spending the next four years then in New York to the point where people say that I can now say that I'm a New Yorker. I don't know if I'm quite there yet, but, <laughs> but, but it was um, super fantastic experience. I don't know if you spent any time in New York. I mean, I, it's like the Frank Sinatra song, you know, if I can make it there, I can make it anywhere. There's something about New York that it's the center of the universe in so many ways. And it's like, no nonsense. You got to make it real. It's got to be, make it happen. It's all about commerce. It's just a really fantastic experience. And, and so, yeah, so I, I kind of love the idea of bringing the, the tech to New York. And even though both coasts think that they're everything, <laughs> I kind of like the idea of uh, being the connector that really makes it real. And it's an interesting juxtaposition because New York is all about the real, real. If you don't have the goods, you'll be found out really, really quickly. And so you have to show up and you have to follow through on whatever it is that you're saying you're going to do. And then the opposite side, sort of, is Silicon Valley, which is all about imagining something super futuristic or that doesn't exist yet and trying to build enough support to make that dream become a reality. And then, you know, growing up in the Midwest, you have, you know, also the kind of humble origins. I know you're from Minnesota, a special connection for me, obviously. I'm, I'm from Minnesota, if folks can't tell by my accent. You've kind of been everywhere and somehow melded those things, kind of cultures into a place channeled towards technology at a, a massive company like Hewlett Packard. So what did you learn from large organizations and you know a legacy technology provider like them that has helped you as you have started Colodex? So HP, so my degree is in electrical engineering. So I'm a hardware engineer. And well, when I got my degree, like if you could get a job at HP, you've you've made it. That you know, that's it. You're done. Check that off the list and you can, you know, live the rest of your life. I was I just was so in awe that I got a job at HP. Like a lot of us that work at HP, we have a real deep fondness for the roots of the company. And I spent enough time there that I got all the management training and all the leadership and setting goals and objectives and building businesses and, and accountability. I mean, there's so much about it that was just this incredibly valuable foundation for me, especially when I'm off now starting my own company. But just to have the mechanics of how to make a business work and how it runs, I think it's really it's not for everybody, but for me, it was really a great foundation to have to go off on my own because then I, I know how it needs to be <laughs> and then and I figure out how to make it work on my own. The other thing about HP in particular is that it's Hewlett and Packard. And I actually was there long enough that I actually met Mr. Hewlett and Packard themselves. And there's something about the way that they approached building a business that was with integrity. And I know, especially over the years, I know that that's a core principle of mine is integrity, that it, there needs to be Whatever you do needs to make a difference. Something that just is can stand for itself. And that was really what Hewlett and Packard were, were all about. Being decent members of the community, even more so, they even fostered the idea of, look, you're not going to be at HP probably for your whole career. So go off, bring what we've taught you and build good companies based on, on what you learned here. So there's a lot of things about being at HP that served me well. Well, companies like that create their own gravity almost where... They hold people in their orbit because it's such an attractive place to work, doing interesting things, and people are growing and learning the entire time. So that when they do kind of go off and do their own thing, they're still somehow connected, not just through the people, but there's 
the ethos and the the vision and all of those things kind of mixed together to where you're a kind of sticking with the space analogies here you're you're like a satellite still even to a company like that is does that resonate with you totally like how did you know <laughs> it's uh there's like these facebook groups that are for XHB employees, either long retired or still employees, and it's an ethos. It's something. It's a story to tell or an example of something that is part of the whole spirit of the company HP. Some people have a vision themselves of creating an entity like that that does create children and grandchildren and great grandchildren off into the future of the business world. Do you share that yourself or are you more? I've had the impact that I needed to have in the corporate world. And now I simply want to build and create for myself. Definitely. And I know the moment when I felt that way, there was a point <laughs> that uh, actually, I mean, I know it triggered it. Uh, it. I was traveling on business for HP and I was in Taiwan in um, 1999. It was when the very large earthquake hit Taiwan, Taipei. And I happened to be there for the earthquake. One of those moments in one's life where the building was moving so much and I was on the 17th floor of a hotel, I thought, well, this is what it's like right before you die, huh? And, you know, it didn't die. The building survived the earthquake and got out and were able to eventually get back home. It was at that moment, I guess, when I, when I realized I was going to be okay and survive the earthquake and so forth. It was that moment one has where one thinks, hmm, what do I, what I really want to be doing for the rest of my life? It had been ruining me for a while because I had tried to spin out businesses out of HP up to that point, I think there was about three attempts I did. So I knew I, I had it in me. I knew it was like incubating and it was that catalyst that kicked me out of the nest and <laughs> got me to leave HP and give it a try. I joined a startup that HP had invested in. That was my first foray. I know there are a lot of folks that listen and reach out to me you know, directly and personally to have conversations about the ideas that are incubating in, in their own hearts and minds. and trying to find either the means or the courage to take that step. If you were to speak back to yourself before having that, you know, mortality confronting event, what would you say to yourself about uh, when to take the leap? I'm just a believer in, it's hard to plan these things. It's hard to even anticipate them. And I think that's what happened when I was in the earthquake. It's like the ultimate being present. Like, okay, this is it. You know, see, it was not long after that my mother passed away. Yeah, she died in 2001. It's something else that she also told me as well when she was realized that it was close to the end. She made a comment to me and she said, you know, Peter, life is not a dress rehearsal. So there's something that was like brewing around me that had to do with that, that need to be in the moment. And I, you know, so it just took me a good career at HP to reach the point where I had enough, I, I don't know, I guess I felt I had enough to stand on my own two feet. Well, and what wonderful advice. I know the role that parents and grandparents play in our lives really do shape us and often case the trajectory that we take. You have a, a family history of you know, groundbreaking firsts. I know you were one of the very first you know, women to graduate with an electrical engineering degree from the University of Illinois. And your grandmother was also a, a groundbreaker in, in her industry. Yeah, yeah. So that's also part of what's going on for me. So my grandmother was the first woman to pass the bar in the state of Minnesota. Minnesota, hey, <laughs> I got an accident too. <laughs> uh, yeah, and she was she was this really interesting woman. So it, it was like no big deal. It was like, oh, 
Oh, I'll be a lawyer. Okay. She would take me to court with her. And I, when I'd stay there in the summers, they, they had a, a chicken farm. I guess you call it gentleman farmers. So they were both, my grandparents were both practicing attorneys and they had a chicken farm up on uh, Lake Minnetonka and they're big sports people. So they liked fishing and hunting. And so they wanted to breed chickens to make feathers for fly tying for trout fishing. My grandmother, like she, to the day she died, she went into the office every single workday. That's what she did. But in the morning, she'd always get up early, go clean the chicken pens and, you know, make sure everything was ready on the farm and come back and collect the eggs and, you know, take care of dinner and lawyer by day and, you know, housewife and farmer by night. I, she just did it. So I think that was also my mom was kind of that way too. do what you want to do. There's something beautiful about the story with the fly fishing that I want to make my own flies. I'll just go to the craft store and I'll just go get some materials or I have a vision and one day I'll catch a fish with a fly, but first I need to raise some chickens to get the feathers. I mean, there, there's a lesson in there that says, you know, there's delayed gratification, there is vision, there is patience and really wanting to have it all be homespun. If that's not Midwest, I don't know what is. So you, you, you must be very proud. So tell me, what is Coloda X up to right now? And, and what are you most excited about as you look forward? Oh, boy, I feel like, I just feel like things have so come full circle for me. Some twists and turns along the way. But in so many ways in the past two years, funny that it happened through COVID. In the past two years, I felt like a lot of things I've done in my career have come full circle. So my time at HP, taking over my company, the technology that I'm bringing in in terms of this visibility and tracking. And then all the contacts I've made over the years, people that are involved in different software solutions, different logistics service providers, partners I met in New York. It's really interesting to me how things have come full circle. So that's what's happening for Colodex. The events of 2020 and 2021 and the whole crisis that put on the supply chain, once we got through that and once it put the strain on supply chains around the world, what started to happen for me is... The more I talked to people that were involved in different aspects of the supply chain and impacted by it, I could see there was a common element, which has been a theme for me for about 20 years, which is data. As a good engineer, we know that all these analyses and analytics that we do, the reason we track how things are produced and how they're moved around the world is because that data, that information helps us figure out how to make things more efficient. It's the plan, do, check, you know, cycle, right? So... We had this crisis come out in the supply chain and in realizing that there's all these backups, it's pretty obvious to me that having more data about what's moving through the supply chain is going to help us figure out, like, first of all, like what happened and why did it happen? And then even more important, which is the what I'm really looking at in terms of the future for Colodex is how do we become more predictive and prescriptive? That's the nirvana. If you're going to be shipping something, not, not only where is it, but like what could happen to it? And people are beginning to talk about that now. And it's so cool to have all this stuff coming together for me <laughs> around Colodex and my career to like be able to do that, like to be able to offer that kind of information for my customers. Wow, wow, wow. Well, it also sounds like you have found your zone of genius, which is engineering and data and making sense of the chaos, bringing order to it. I genuinely believe that each of us has some kind of a personal superpower. And likely it's a combination of two or three things that come together to put a really strong point on who each of us is. And it's a big part of our purpose is to find out what that thing is and then leverage it to the max. 
that's how you make a dent. And so as I hear you describe what you've been through, to me, this deep, deep curiosity emerges of you seem to want to understand and investigate and see how things connect one to the other. And you're also very malleable and you're, you're able and versatile in, in the different groups of people that you work with and the different types of technology that you work with. That's sort of, I guess, my impression through the number of conversations that we've had. And so I'm just curious from your perspective, what do you think your superpower is? I don't know how you do that, Nate. That's pretty insightful. What I get my greatest joy from is it's bringing people together to make amazing things happen. So I have some of the answers, but I really having so much fun now partnering with other companies. I'm not going to invent anything anymore. I'm not trying to be the know-it-all, the omnipotent, all-knowing, all insightful person. I'm going to bring together super great people and companies and ideas. And it's the classic case of the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. And I take such great joy in partnering with several, many different companies right now to bring this visibility solution together and software companies. And all I got to do is like create some connectivity between them. And that I do well. The connectivity, the connective tissue, whether it's relationships or data or systems, you're the glue between those things. I'm so glad to know you. We've had a number of conversations. I'm always fascinated by the way that you think. I hope some of it rubs off on me. I, I'm, I, every time that we talk, I leave with a sense of how much more there is still out there to learn. And I get goosebumps from that. Like as we're talking, I get goosebumps from that because I love being around inspiring people. And I think what you do is incredibly inspiring. And so I have absolute nothing but respect for you. And I hope that you get a boost from this and not just from me, but I, I hope other people reach out to you and connect and, and maybe you find the next layer of connections from just being here and being a part of this community that we're building. And, and it opens doors and, and creates new possibilities that you haven't even imagined yet. I mean, that's my personal goal. So how can people find you? Oh, coladex.com. Super easy. Probably the best way to find me. Peter, thank you so much. Can't wait to catch up with you in a few months and hear about the latest and greatest things that you've got being cranked out. Listeners, thank you again so much for being here. I, I hope you one day get a chance to meet Peter yourself or chat with her. In the meantime, please subscribe to the show. You can also join the conversation online. I'm at Logistics Twit on Twitter. Of course, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can find the show on the Freight Waves Freightcast section and check out the other shows that are there as well. Peter, keep up all the great work. We're all rooting for you. Thanks for listening to another founder share their story on the Bootstrapper's Guide to Logistics. If you'd like to become part of the story yourself, please subscribe to our show and leave a review. Thank you, and we'll see you next week.